0: Welcome back to the After Hours Ride Club Podcast. I'm your host, Davon Ponda McMillan, and today is episode two. It's kind of funny. It seems like I've been doing this longer than like three weeks, but um, I guess not. So yeah, today I decided, or this week, I've been kind of going over the schedule of how I'm planning to do these and kind of the whole framework of it. and. I've decided that I'm gonna make this a weekly podcast as well as add a video to it. So today will be the last audio only episode starting next week, every Friday from here on out um, at 12 p.m. The podcast will air and starting next Friday there will be a video associated with it. So I'll post a YouTube link and all the places that you get your podcast but the audio version should be just as good. If you don't want to look at my face for 30 minutes, you can just listen to the audio version. And the next three episodes are still going to be solo. I'm going to do five episodes. And then after that, I'm going to have my first guest on, um, who is a good friend of mine. His name is Taka. Uh, he's also a brand owner and that should be airing, I think after five episodes, Uh, March 24th, I think is that Friday. I will double check and if needed, um, correct that in the show notes. But yeah, three more episodes solo and then we'll start doing some get have some guests on. And today I kind of want to talk about artificial intelligence. I mean, it's really unavoidable at this point. I have just been seeing it everywhere. I use it. I've used mid journey. If you're not aware of what I mean by artificial intelligence are kind of where the conversation is with AI. Basically it's, well, it's artificial intelligence made to create a certain thing, whether that be art or copywriting or video editing, you're basically using machine learning to do these automated, or to automate these tasks. And I think the biggest issue or the biggest conversation that I'm seeing being had is one, copyright. And two, is this l- lessening the, I guess the artistic creations or exploration of individuals through the use of AI? Like, is it cheapening the art that's being made? There's a couple platforms. I think the most popular one right now, the, the one that I'm hearing the most about is Midjourney. Midjourney is a AI art generating platform uses discord to make the art and it's really bizarre i mean it's awesomely (laughs) bizarre how this how this shit works basically you just have to input a series of descriptive terms to the machine right um for instance let's say i want or the way the way Midjourney's set up, you basically have to phrase it as I imagine. Or imagine blank. So you would enter in Imagine Cookie Monster eating an airplane in the middle of New York City, right? Which is crazy to imagine. But that's what you're telling this you know, this AI machine to generate. And it will sit there and calculate it and pull in pixel information and you can see it starting to build this image right in front of you like it'll just start coming together and then boom you have fucking cookie monster eating an airplane in the middle of new york city as a matter of fact that's going to be the image for today's episode so i'm sure you've already seen it but that image that you are seeing of cookie monster eating a plane in the middle of new york city is made by this ai platform mid journey. And it it honestly has no there's no limits to I mean there are limits. There's limits to everything, I I guess, right? Like you'll notice there's some nuances that the platform can't really comprehend. For one, hands are a really difficult thing to illustrate. As an artist, I know this, like hands are Hands and feet. For me, feet are the are the worst thing, but hands definitely, definitely take some time to kind of like get down. And the AI platform also kind of has the same issue. Sometimes if you ask for, you know, images that have a lot to do with hand placement or movement, uh, you'll see it at like an extra thumb in there sometimes or like you'll be missing a finger or something like that. And I think that's just it kind of drop in the ball, but this is super new. It's like incredibly new. Um, I think the first painting, AI painting was auctioned in Christie's and it was like over $300,000, maybe half a mil, uh, that it was auctioned for, which was at that time, this is back in 2018. So back, back then it was like, even if, even if it was today, that it happened, people would still be astounded. You know, people lost their shit when, the first NFT sold for 69 million by Beeple. I don't think it was the first NFT sold, but it was like the one that put NFTs in everyone's fucking face for the next two years or instilled today. But yeah, that AI painting was a half a mil and people started to question the skill behind it. I guess it was it the person that scripted the cre- the creation of the art or was it the AI that should be credited for the art because there's still a human touch that needs to be had it's not like AI is just making things there's still a human coding it there's still a human inputting the information and honestly there's AI is pulling this information from human made Things from human made images. Like these images are the output of information that it's just been hoarding and feeding on, which makes it sound like a monster. That's just the best way. That's the best way I can put it. I mean, I'm still kind of wrapping my head around this, but it's basically, you know, gathering images that artists have created all over the internet and then taking all those images and building you know, frameworks around them to understand how these images are made. And then the output, when we asked the cookie monster with the New York thing, it went and searched for all the images of the cookie monster, all the images of New York, all the images of a plane, and then something eating and how it looked when it was eating something, and then took all that information and then spat out this image based on the phrase that I gave it to imagine. And you can even see this in some of the art that comes out. Like you'll see the, the fragments of a signature in the bottom right corner of something. And that, I mean, basically just that, the way it's constructing the, its method for understanding how to create these images is a real conversation to be had around like copyright and like stealing of art and things like that. And there's people on both sides of the fence, artists on both sides of the fence, there's some who are saying, yeah, well, artists do that all the time. Like real living artists do, that's how you come up with your quote unquote style is you basically look at other artists' work, you copy it, you emulate it, you redraw it or whatever, reference it. And you do that so many times as an artist when you're growing into your career or as a designer and you start to nitpick different things from it that you like or that you wanna retain. And then you, you output your own original work based on the thing that you're imagining. So you're like, I wanna do this thing. And the output that you're constructing is based on all the information that you've put into your process up to that point. And essentially that's what the AI is doing, right? But on the other hand, There's people on the other side of the fence. They're saying that, like, well, one, obviously, with a human hand, there's, there's decisions that are being made actively on like what to include, what not to include. There's a human, there's a human element to it. But the biggest thing I think is that credit can be given to those artists if said art was used in the creation of new art, right? Like, if I took an image and traced over the, anatomy or like the form or the pose and then drew over that image over the pose and recreated it to be my own original image I still would give credit to the original owner of the pose or I still have the option to the machine the AI in this situation is not it's regurgitating new art and giving credit to no one so at that point who owns the copyrights to these images and I think they've just ruled that like AI art can't be copyrighted. Like there's no copyright to be given because it's basically just a jumble of a whole bunch of different copyrighted images. But that's where that goes is super interesting um, to me. I think that is, I, I think AI, there's no stopping it now. Now that it's out, it's being used. It's in the sphere of influence. I like guess it's, it's being talked about on a large scale. It's only going to get better and more people are using it. So it's only getting more information and. Me personally, I love it. You know, I don't I I don't necessarily care that my art is being used to teach the thing this thing how to make new art. Um I think that human-made art will never be obsolete. Things that humans create as an artist or a designer will never cease to be needed or necessary. Same thing with like who you can only get just more efficient um, I'm not a photographer per se, but I'm a hobbyist of sorts in it. The fact that you could take photos on your phone with ease and there are all these things in your phone, these filters and things like that, that can automate the process of you photo editing didn't in the camera. Like people still spend thousands of dollars on cameras, on equipment, on editing software and things like that, because it just heightens It just makes you more efficient to make the easier things, right? And then the more complicated, the more the people that want the higher end stuff can still get that. It's still available to them, but there are just more options. And I feel like that's the same thing with AI art. If anything, I've used AI art in my process um, as a designer and as an illustrator, and it's a great tool for referencing images, for poses, and for like getting basically like a, a rough start. It's super daunting to look at like just a blank sheet on your computer. You just open up Photoshop. And before I would just sketch over it and kind of like make lines and do circles and do drawings over it, knowing that like all this information I was putting down on the paper would not be used. I don't plan on using it. It's just me kind of getting something down that I can use to start getting my brain working on ideas and start beginning to execute. But now AI takes that whole process out for me. You know, I can just start churning ideas just with the words that I'm putting into this machine and it spits out this rough draft. And that's what I look at it as, a rough draft to what I need. At no point am I using AI as a final draft to any work that I'm creating. For one, it, just, it is rough. Like it looks rough, at least for the things that I'm making and for my purposes. But it's also not something that I deem me. It, it just doesn't feel complete all the time. So I think it's, it's an awesome tool, like any other tool. And it should be used as such as a tool. People who take people who use it to take take shortcuts, they were going to find a way to take a shortcut either way. Like they've been taking shortcuts. I feel the same with NFTs too. As a digital artist, primarily, um, I think all this new stuff is fucking rad. I, I'm all for it, but I do like. You know, playing devil's advocate sometimes and just kind of hearing both sides and seeing where people are, how how people are coming to accept it and just where we're going as like a culture. I was actually talking to my printer over at Let Go Printing downtown. It's an amazing printer. His name's James. I actually hope to have him on the podcast soon. But me and him were talking about basically the same concept about AI art and the efficiencies that it can bring. And... We came to the point that like people like having handmade things for the example of like a screen print versus a DTG print, people like having this tactile thing, like a screen print a little bit more because there is the element of failure at a human hand. Like the possibility that that you can mess up is higher. So when you have an end result that is well done, that is completed, it's more impressive. And people like that level of impression on them like they like the fact that you overcame these obstacles the these very pr- prominent obstacles to your process and the output is something you know that is flawless to the human eye right so I, that's the same thing with any of this stuff and i think that's the same thing in, any, in anything that a human does sports art public speaking the fact that you there's the possibility of you fucking up and you didn't fuck up just makes it that much cooler. So it, it in that retrospect, it's like, yeah. I mean, if I can take less time doing the, for lack of a better term, the unimportant shit, like sketching or drafting, which I love sketching, but if I can take less time doing the stuff that like I don't really feel is... Um, as important to my process and just spend more time on like the big things in my process than yep let's do it you know came over this new term this week or um last week called analysis paralysis sounds it sounds made up i mean everything i guess is made up but like and now it sounds like a dr c's fucking rhyme so analysis paralysis um and i guess that's just like you over plan for things like you, you steadily just start to overanalyze things and you get stuck in the analysis part or like step you and then you just never execute. You never start doing anything because you're trying so hard to avoid fucking up. You're trying so hard to like basically see every possible outcome that can transpire from this and avoid the negative ones that you just never start you are your biggest obstacle in that sense and that's a very real thing for me especially with um drawing and illustration i think to be honest like looking back on my artistic career that's one of the things that made me love uh digital art so much was the fact that i could put a line down without over analyzing how I'm going to do this stroke or put this color into it, right? And I think, you know, that is prominent, even still in digital art, even with the power of control Z. But yeah, you can get in this thing called analysis paralysis. And all these tools, this AI art, uh, mid-journey and chat GPT and things like that helps analysis, that processing or like the ideation phase, especially with business, like me going into starting my own clothing brand. Um, there was a big moment of analysis paralysis for me before I started spending money. Um, Luckily, you know, I knew at that time from being an artist and being involved in other smaller businesses that when you are starting a business or going into a new endeavor, sometimes you just can't, as much as you may try, you cannot foresee the outcome. Like, you just can't. Do your best at, at trying to predict it. Sure. I'm not saying just act without thinking. That's not, you shouldn't do that. But give some time to trying to plan ahead and trying to avoid certain bad outcomes and then act on it. Don't just sit there and think about it to death because you're just getting further and further away from the finish line. And then once you act on it and whatever outcome comes, be ready to be flexible and be ready to like adjust and pivot according to whatever it comes. And so I've, I've learned to get out of that naturally, that, that state of being just stuck in, in overthinking things. But still, you know, there's moments where I still get, I still get there. And the AI stuff has been helping a lot with that, especially with emails, copywriting, chat GPT is another AI platform. And it's basically like mid journey, but for copywriting and copywriting is something that I, really struggle with. I'm just, I'm not a writer, you know, I'm a, I'm a designer. So copywriting is a struggle and ChatGPT, GPT. I love it for that. I use that more than any other thing, but I basically just write down things. I'm thinking about talking about, uh, promotions. I'm thinking about getting out there, whatever subject lines, previews, and it'll give me some options. And I can sort through those options, make a decision on the stuff I like, put it back into ChatGPT and come out with something final. And it's it's way easier for me to just be like, okay, I like that. I don't like that. I like this. I don't like that. As opposed to me thinking of things to write in my head. Because now, I'm again, I'm in that analysis paralysis thing where I'm stuck. I'm just rummaging my brain through ideas of copywriting, which is something that I'm not, I'm not good at, you know, I'm not efficient at. So before writing anything on the paper, I'm trying to sort through the, the possibilities. And it's harder for me to pull the trigger on something like that. But for ChatGPT, GPT, I give it these options and it just, it pulls the trigger. It gives me variations and I can easily say yes or no. So again, you know, off the AI stuff, but if you have not used AI in any of your processes, any creators or designers who's listening, listening to this, give Mid Journey a try and ChatGPT. For sure now, before later, because now it's still free, oh, ChatGPT just launched, I think they both just launched a subscription model, um, which is already a clear sign that they're starting to go into the premium, into the paid versions, right? They're getting these, these machines and these platforms A bit more tailored where they could say, hey, we need you to start paying. And on the flip side of that, government structures are starting to look at this a lot more now, too. So um, restrictions may get more and more tight. So use it now. (laughs) Get Get in there. Use it as much as possible now while it's still a little bit of the fucking wild, wild west. And have fun with it. Um, again, I don't recommend anything that you use or do with it is final. Use it as a tool, as a stepping stone towards finality, but, um, definitely use it. It's, it's, yeah, it's where we're going as a civilization. Um, another really funny thing that happened last week is, so for basically my entire life, I thought, I. I wasn't very into the Zodiac thing for a long time. I did not plan for this episode to go into talk about Zodiacs and stuff like that. But this is just something I just, just been on my mind. But if I thought I was a Leo ascendant or a Leo rising, and basically there's like a rising and then there's a normal sun. There's like regular, I guess. And then there's a moon. And these are like your big three in Zodiac. And the rising is like how you come off to people. And I've had people, like, people who are really into Zodiacs come up and tell me, I'm like, yeah, I'm Leo rising. They're like, you don't seem like that. Tell me just straight up. Like, I think you're wrong. I'm like, there's no way. You don't know. Like, what do you mean I'm wrong? They're like, yeah, I just think that's just not an accurate reading of you. And just, like, a couple of days ago, I found that they were right, and I was wrong, and I'm actually a Scorpio rising. I had, like, an identity crisis for a second. Like, whoa who am I? Like, what the, f- I thought I was this, I thought I was a lion on my entire life, but now I'm not I'm Scorpio. And it just kind of made me like get back into the Zodiac stuff and the associations of like characteristics and attributes and things like that of people. I think there's, there's a, a limit to it. N- no person is completely aligned with whatever thing, Zodiac or Chinese horoscopes or whatever. Um, but fuck, man, they're like really, really on point to a pretty shocking like <laughs> amount. But yeah, I thought that was a funny one. So if, if you know your Zodiac rising, let me know what your rising is in the comments below. And let me know to like what level do you think it's accurate? Yeah, because I'm just really curious about this Zodiac stuff now that I've had my mind blown and figured out that I'm not who I thought I was. So... Outside of that, guys, that's really all I had to talk about this week. was really the AI AI stuff. This next week, I am going to put out another question questionnaire. I would like to go over some questions in the podcast again. Um, so we're going to give that a shot. I also want to talk about subscription models. So things like Patreon only fans for sure. Um, All these subscription model based platforms, I kind of want to do a little bit of a deep dive uh, into them. So let me know if you have any experience with them, if you're interested about a specific one. Yeah, next week, we're just going to kind of break it down as to where they're coming from, where I think they'll they'll go, what type of businesses or creators I think that subscription models are best for. Um, And we'll kind of do like a rating of each one. Yeah, that's it. We're gonna keep it simple. These these first five episodes we'll have a topic every episode, kinda go over that topic, and then up to the sixth episode when we have our first guest on. Yeah, we'll just keep the same same energy. But thanks for tuning in again. I will catch you guys next week at the new time, Friday, twelve PM weekly. And next week will be the very first video podcast. So yeah, catch you guys next week. Have a good rest of your day. And what did we say last time? It was later Gator or something like that. Yeah, I think it was later Gator. Oh, catch you on the flip side. Have a good day.